Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 109, verses 21 through 31. But you, O Lord, my Lord, act on my behalf for your name's sake, because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is pierced within me. I'm gone like a shadow at evening, I'm shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting, my body has become gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. Let my assailants be put to shame. May your servant be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a mantle. With my mouth I'll give great thanks to the Lord. I'll praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy to save them from those who would condemn them to death. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 33 through 44. As I live, says the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with wrath poured out, I will be king over you. I'll bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand and outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. And I'll bring you into the wilderness of the peoples. And there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your ancestors in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, says the Lord God. I'll make you pass under the staff and I'll bring you within the bond of the covenant. I'll purge out the rebels among you and those who transgress against me. I'll bring them out of the land where they reside as aliens, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, Go serve your idols, every one of you, now and hereafter, if you will not listen to me. But my holy name you shall no more profane with your gifts and your idols. For on my holy mountain... The mountain height of Israel, says the Lord God. There all the house of Israel, all of them, shall serve me in the land. There I will accept them, and there I will require contributions and the choices of your gifts with all your sacred things. As a pleasing odor I will accept you when I bring you out of the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. You shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give to your ancestors. There you shall remember your ways and all the deeds by which you have polluted yourselves, and you shall loathe yourselves for all the evils that you have committed. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, says the Lord God. The Gospel of Luke, 
chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught, and there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might find an accusation against him. Even though he knew what they were thinking, he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come and stand here. He got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or destroy it? After looking around at all of them, he said to them, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Good morning, and welcome to the 12th Wednesday after Pentecost. Yesterday, um, sorry about the late um, episode, I had everything prepared, and I finally, in the morning, I forgot to publish it, and I did sometime at night when I realized what happened. Um, This morning's reading uh, is, again, from Psalm 109, a passage from 109. And then uh, Ezekiel, and then finally the Gospel of Luke. And we're following along with Ezekiel, and the the creators of the Revised Common Lectionary are apparently trying to pull, you know, themes out for the uh, the third reading. Um, but it's essentially just this st- kind of ongoing story in the prophetic literature about you know God being upset that Israel is is straying and. And violating the covenant, and God is essentially saying, "Look, I'm one way or another. This is what's going to happen. Um, I'm either going to bring you under the staff, and I'll be king over you, and I'll, you know, despite my wrath poured out, um, or you know, I'll just destroy you." And um, the the gospel reading is a reminder, and it's Jesus speaking, and uh, there's this strict rule against working on the Sabbath. Um, but the how one defines work is not necessarily clear. Or it wasn't then. Uh, right now, I, I'm uh, my family lives in an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood in Baltimore, and I know through conversation and study that there's actually very, very clear and strict definitions about what work is and is not. Um, but 2,000 years ago, before uh, rabbinic Judaism really kind of took hold uh, after the destruction of the temple, what constituted work was a little bit more fluid. So um, picking, uh, picking up sticks apparently is not, or is work and is not allowed. Um, an earlier reading made that clear when somebody was going around picking up sticks and the whole congregation stoned him. And here in this reading, the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders, um, are looking for reasons to discredit Jesus, if not to outright harm him. And working on the Sabbath is one of those things that's clearest in the Hebrew Bible and that can be, you know, like acted upon. Um, You know, no one's going to really blaspheme God, but, you know, maybe they'll work on the Sabbath. And at that point, you can kind of take him to court, religious court. Um, And so Jesus knows this is happening. And... Uh, somebody, a man with a withered hand, comes up to him and, and is looking for healing. Um, 
And so before he does anything, he asks those gathered around him, um, should I save life or destroy it? And the same question that God kind of rolls around in you know, God's head, if, if God had a head, you know, maybe I should just destroy Israel. You, know, you, you all just are not getting it, and I'm kind of sick of this. Um, or should I save life? Should I bring you under the, the staff, or should I, you know, um, uh, soothe my anger in some way and, and bring you back into the fold? Um, and the question of whether or not this is work is is not really answered. Um, the Pharisees um, don't really have an answer to him, and so he goes ahead and acts, and he saves the man's life. Destroying the man's life would have allowed, would have been to allow him to go on with a withered hand, um, to condemn him to you know the rest of his life being like this. And in healing his hand, he saves his life. And Jesus says, "Is that not, you know, is that work or not?" Um, and when uh, Laura and I were in seminary, um, you know, you're you're getting to study these things firsthand and you're excited, you're surrounded by other people studying these things. And the question of Sabbath was, you know, one of those ones that a lot of us uh, as students were wrestling with. Um, because frankly, I like, I like doing work. It's something I really enjoy. Um, and, you know, what constitutes work is still this question. And there's uh, one of our professors, Norman Wurzba, um, I, he, I was at some event somewhere and uh, he was speaking about Sabbath and he said, you know, the opposite of rest is not necessarily work. Um, the opposite of rest is restlessness. Um, that we, we think about, we, you know, get all these ways thinking about work into our head and we forget that... Um, the problem with work is that it, it makes us restless. It deprives us of the pleasure of um, enjoying what God has provided and uh, enjoying one another and just time. Um, and then we get worked up about, oh my goodness, am I working? Should I not work? And some of those you know, hundreds of mitzvahs of, of religious rules that the Orthodox Jews in our neighborhood follow, like it makes life kind of hard. You know, you can't light a fire, so you can't start a car, you can't start your oven. Um, you can walk, I know that, I'm pretty sure you can walk, that's not work. Um, but the the not working becomes a kind of work. And we get spun up about, you know, whether or not this is something that is restful or, or workful. Um, and I think the, the takeaway certainly should ideally be about, you know, work and, and rest, but also what is it that we prioritize? You know, maybe, maybe saving the man's withered hand was work, um, but there are some things that are, are worth risking um, in order to, to save a life, to gain uh, these uh, promises and, and rest that God uh, provides to us. There's some things that are worth um, getting your hands dirty for. Um, and that, I think, is, is one of those questions, the fundamental questions for Christians as we think about what the military is supposed to be. Um, there's a, 
you know, that democracy is great until someone has to pay the price for it. Um, and that isn't to say the military is necessarily good, which I think a lot of conservatives kind of jump to. Um, but that also is to say that the military is not inherently or necessarily bad, which is what a lot of progressives, I think, often jump to. Um, but there are some things that are worth getting your hands dirty. Certainly there are things that we must not do. I mean, you don't kill someone to put them out of their misery or something. Um, but there are some things um, that are worth risking um, guilt or, or moral impurity. Um, and it makes me think of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said basically that. You know, there's, there are no right options, he said. There's no, there's no correct or true path. There's only, um, there's only being with my people, with the German people, and struggling with them and accepting responsibility for, you know, doing what it is that I, you know, what little it is I think I can do. Um, and so sometimes uh, saving life is work. So, you know, it's very possible that Jesus did perform work on the Sabbath, but the important part is is not that we make the Sabbath God, but that we um, enable one another to live more fully into their life with God, whether that's healing their hand uh, or freeing people from oppression and um, extending democracy to those who need it. Poem to a Certain Civilian by Walt Whitman Did you ask dolcet rhymes from me? Did you seek the civilian's peaceful and languishing rhymes? Did you find that I sang erewhile so hard to follow? Why, I was not singing erewhile for you to follow, to understand, nor am I now. I have been born of the same as the war was born. The drum corps' rattle is ever to me sweet music. I love well the martial dirge with slow wail and convulsive throb leading the officer's funeral. What to such as you anyhow such a poet as I? Therefore leave my works and go lull yourself with what you can understand and with piano tunes. For I lull nobody and you will never understand me. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. 
I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.